Welcome to Postscript. I am your host, Dave Severns. I am the worship pastor at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me again is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Looking forward to a great conversation today. Me too. Uh, I'm excited for this one. We started a new series today, um, and it is today. We're recording this one early because I am off this week, which is exciting, but we, we got to dive in and we pressed pause on our series called Scent, and instead of doing one called Open and Unafraid. Um, and we're, we're talking about the Psalms, right? We're talking yeah. about uh, what it is to be honest before God, what the Psalms can teach us, how they kind of interact with us. And especially in this time when um, we here are, at, you know, stay at home orders for the next month. Um, what does it mean? What can we learn? So uh, I am excited. I'm, I'm really excited for this series. Can you give me a little, little recap kind of where, did, where did we uh, set things up this Sunday, Paul? Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the whole, you know, the title and and where this all kind of started. Mm, um, yeah. But I but I would say, you know, generally speaking, we we started to look at Hebrew poetry, ancient Hebrew poetry, and for some of yeah. you that may be intimidating. You may feel like ah, I don't really want to go down that road. I'm not an artsy person, or I don't, you know, appreciate poetry or whatever it is. And I would just say, you know, I think that that as we enter into this um, this material, I, I think that you're going to come away with a new appreciation for the way that that poetry sort of speaks to us. And so I talked yes. about this idea, the idea that that songwriters in particular, and you know this, um, you know, I, I certainly can re- like I, I've sung songs that you've written that touch us really deeply. And I think that there are something about songwriters that that basically are able to articulate some of the things that we're feeling in ways that are simple and clear and just perfectly suited. And so, you know, the Psalms, I I expect that we're going to go through. And if you were reading a Psalm a day over the next couple of weeks, you'd probably find that, you know, a a number of them might go over your head. You might not fully understand them, but every once in a while, there will be a word or a phrase that catches your attention and it can change things. It can really make an Mm. impact. Yeah. I love that. And, uh, yeah, and you're right. There is something about um, like from from the side of someone who has written songs and and arguably psalms, depending on how you define them, mm-hmm. uh, not biblical ones, of course. Um, you know, there there is something uniquely challenging and uniquely good about trying to capture um, feelings and truth and yeah. reality in in little rhyming couplets or in or in things that that paint pictures right it's different than uh, it's different than writing a paper or a book sure you're, you're doing a different thing and it um i think because of that they they impact us deeply right i know i know lots of people who would say they're not readers who don't read a lot um certainly who don't read a lot of academic stuff i know very few people who don't connect with any music or songs yeah you know, any songs with lyrics right i yeah. think all of us have those those things and whether we know it or not, they surround us all the time. So this is a, yeah, it's kind of in in my mind, it's both the, the most accessible and most inaccessible part of the Bible because it is ancient Hebrew poetry. Right. So talk to me a little bit about like the history of the Psalms or, or what, what do we need to know going in? What is ancient Hebrew poetry? Yeah. I I think you have to, um, no matter what you call it, I mean, you know, when, if you go to Bible college and, you know, have, you know, do a, uh, a course on the Psalms, you're going to learn about all kinds of different, um, you know, sort of ways that the poetry sort of works, you know, in terms of these, these Mm -hmm. lines and how they relate to each other and all this kind of stuff. 
And, and it doesn't really matter what you name them. You don't need to know all the technical terms, but you have to recognize that when there are two lines side by side and they repeat each other, what does that mean? Uh, when there are two yeah. lines side by side and they build on each other, what does that mean? What does it mean when, you know, there's, it goes from two to four to six to eight, you know, lines, or what does it mean when it goes the opposite? So there's lots of things that, um, that, that I, you know, I, I guess a way of putting it would be that the way to, to look at Psalms, um, and to, and to understand them best, I think is to take a wide angle view, uh, read the whole thing, look for structures, look for things that kind of grab your attention, um, and then and then dive in, but yeah, you're right. And on the one hand, yeah. it's accessible because it's it you know like I mean this morning we're talking about themes that that touch our you know minds and hearts as well. Um, but mm. on the other hand, they use like ancient language and things that are really difficult for us to understand. So in one sense they're accessible, in the other sense they're not accessible at all. It's really interesting that way. But yeah, yeah, we. I mean, we. So we started this series called um, "Open and Unafraid." So tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about where that came from and and why we're going down that road. Yeah. So first of all, I stole this title um, from a guy. I'll, I'll, I want to call him a friend, but we've never met in face to face. Although I did ask his permission to be, borrow the title. Um, a theologian named David Taylor, who lives down in Texas. Uh, he and I both graduated from Regent, though he was well before my time. If you've if you've seen um, if you've seen a YouTube video of Bono and Eugene Peterson having a conversation, that was hosted by and put together by David Taylor. So he's a he's a theologian and, and works for. Um, uh, school down in the States doesn't really matter. Uh, but he wrote a book called open and unafraid and it, it kind of, uh, yeah, it's a great book, which kind of goes through the Psalms and talks about, I think his subtitle is the Psalms as a guide to life. Um, and he, the journey for him started when he took a class with Eugene Peterson at Regent, uh, and, and kind of got to the end of this class on the Psalms and said, Eugene, you know, what, what am I supposed to do with this? What, where do I go from here? This is fascinating, but I want to do something. And Eugene Peterson looked at him and said, okay, wake up tomorrow and read a Psalm and then wake up the next day and read Psalm two then Psalm three and do it every day. And he's done that for, he, he's done it for I think close to 10 years now. And just the way that that's impacted him, inspired him to uh, teach and write about the Psalms and this, yeah, this big idea that the, the Psalms will make us open and unafraid. They encourage us to live really honestly in community before God, um, encourage us to wrestle with the realities of, life and death of joy and sadness of grief of anger even. Um, and we see all these themes through the Psalms and I think it's easy for us to, to kind of skim over the Psalms or to like hit some of the key ones, right? Like Psalm 100, great Psalm. You've probably heard it. I've, you've probably heard me read it. If you've been around the church for a while, it's a great short, like praise the God, praise God with singing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, praise God. Um, but so many of the Psalms aren't quite that short and sweet. And even the things we read of them, sometimes we read, you know, I'm going to read the first third because it doesn't talk about death to my enemies. Um, but death to my enemies is kind of a common theme in the Psalms. So I think it's, yeah, it's really good for us to wrestle through these things and to figure out how do the Psalms make us open and unafraid, Mm -hmm. uh, especially right now when, I mean, let's be honest, things are closed and I don't know about you, but like, I'm a little bit afraid. Um, and not, not not in big ways, but you know this this last year, if it's taught us anything, it's that we're not in control, um, 
And maybe you feel strongly about it one way or another. Maybe we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But I think our responsibility ultimately is still to live open and unafraid before God. Yeah. Um, and, and we can do that and we can learn about that while at home right now. Uh, and I think the Psalms are going to to draw us into that. Uh, and I hope they're going to push us towards it. I would, I would really just encourage you, I say this all the time, because um, I keep, I hear from people all the time who say, oh, you know, music really isn't my thing. Poetry isn't my thing. Um, and I get that. I get that some people resonate more with this stuff or it, it speaks their heart language quicker. Um, but in my mind, this isn't, this isn't an optional thing. This isn't a thing you can say, uh, I, I, you know, creative language just isn't for me. Just give it to me in bullet point form. That's not what God gave us in the Bible. Um, he didn't give us a theological document, which spells everything out. He gave us letters and history and this poetry. Um, so if you want to know God, uh, you're going to have to dive in and you're going to have to understand that, that God chose for whatever reason. I mean, you can take it up with him if you don't like it, but God chose to give us his word in poetry in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a good thing for us to, to dive into that and see, I think there's something in there which speaks to how we were made as humans and how we communicate and express things. Yeah, and I, th I think we've been trained in our lives and kind of the Western society to sort of break everything down into its parts, right? And so, we, oh, yeah. you know, and so it's much like we feel much more comfortable <laughs> learning from with that kind of a style, right? And, um, you know, and, and that's I, that wasn't the case for, you know, the you know first century Palestine. It wasn't really the case for certainly for the Hebrews and, and, um, and their writing and poetry. And so... There's a lot that we can um, take from this that that when we look at the Psalms that that goes beyond just you know what we hear and and the like I said today that, that you know sometimes we we try to look around the Psalm to like what's the point what's the main idea yeah, like what's yeah. the thing that I want to take do with away? the whole Bible yeah. yeah and and but but in Psalms in particular I think it's it's just a, a it, it it robs them of of what they're really all about and absolutely and uh, so we i think we have to be you know and recognize so so when we when we approach the psalms we're actually learning in a brand new way which i think is is pretty mm. pretty compelling so it's um it's something definitely worth diving into yeah definitely and and i would say the other thing like i i mentioned this this morning um like a lot of scripture but the psalms especially they're meant to be heard uh, and i know we lose a lot i mean none of us I could be wrong. Maybe some of you are, but none of, I am certainly not a native Hebrew speaker. Mm. Uh, the nuance of the way that Hebrew poetry works and the way that words play off each other is a little bit lost on me. And it's hard, like translating those kinds of things to a different language is incredibly difficult. Uh, mm. And I mean, our English translations are good, um, but, but the Psalms especially are one area where I find it's helpful to have multiple translations. Mm. I, I believe Eugene Peterson and his, um, his paraphrase called the message. He started with the Psalms, I think, um, mm. and and kind of trying to take these and put them in language that we colloquially understand, right? So we've got we have phrases and we have metaphors that make sense, and the Hebrew poetry would have been the same. Um, so I think it's good, you know, try different try different translations. And the other thing, like I said this morning, um, speak these aloud. There's something that we we have learned in our, uh, like you were saying, kind of scientific rationalism way of breaking everything down. Um, it's to be harvested for truth. And, and actually there's something really significant about hearing these and putting them, these words in our mouth, um, that, that changes us and, and helps us wrestle through things in a different way. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage you 
you know, take this Psalm, Psalm 19, which we looked at uh, this week and, and grab the message, uh, Google it, you know, find, find it and read it aloud, read it aloud to your kids or your spouse or, or just read it aloud to yourself in a mirror um, and see what sticks out. I think that's a lot of the journey of the Psalms is just allowing it to, to kind of see what hits you. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and um I mean, now the song that we're looking at today, and we're going to have an interesting conversation each week, but the song we're looking at today really um, uh, is is pretty understandable. It's actually very relatable. It just, it yeah. you know, we can understand most of, of the metaphors. Um, and so it kind of gives us this, it gives us this picture that we can, that we can kind of, we can grasp. I mean, I, I talked about this idea that David was probably looking up at the same sky that we're looking at in many ways, um, mm-hmm. even though it's thousands of years later, we're looking at similar things, right? But I, I found, you know, one thing that I didn't really get into on Sunday that I found interesting is that oftentimes when you hear people preaching from Psalm 19, we we often relate it to Romans 1, which describes this idea that, you know, men are without excuse because God's invisible qualities have been made known since the beginning of time through creation, right? And, and, yep. and, in a sense, we we take this psalm and we almost weaponize it and sort of say, like, mm. no one is without excuse. You know, God's made himself known. It's like, wait, just hold on a second. Like, this was, the, the psalms were for God's people to sing and to, you know, share with each other, to remind each other of truth and all of those kinds of things. And uh, the the point of this passage is not necessarily that God can entirely be known in in nature, but what hmm. it does what it does tell us is that is that God is knowable and he and and he's worthy of our praise because he reveals himself to us and he reveals himself mm-hmm. to us in these incredible ways and so you know instead of taking this and immediately applying it to someone else and saying well see this this is proof that you should know you should know and it's like wait a second i should know mm-hmm. you know and and i think that's what i was trying to get at on sunday with this idea of you know, we sometimes are tempted to say, like, God, just say something. I, I, I need you to, yeah. to speak up. And David mm-hmm. says, hey, you know, come with me. Look up. You know, look at the sky. Look at the heavens. Look at the beauty. Look at the mm-hmm. wonder. You know, and then he says, you know, look down. Look at the look at the scripture. Look at the words. Look at the, the beauty of the way that God has revealed himself to you. And then he also even mm-hmm. says, and, and don't forget to look inward and see your character. See where you need him. Um, and see ultimately, you know, as we, as we look at these with a Jesus in mind, ultimately what we see is that Jesus fulfills it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a, it's a yeah, really absolutely. neat song. Yeah. I mean, do you know, um, offhand you did all the work this week, so I'm going to ask you tough questions. I don't know the answer to, um, do we have an idea of what date range the Psalms were written in, or do you want to give us maybe even a little bit of context, um, We've got a lot in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings about like David and kind of in and around that time when a lot of these would have been written. Kind of what was on the hearts and minds of the people? What was going on with idolatry or or lordship, kingship? Like, how did these things play into the Psalms? Uh, all really good questions. I mean, so this particular Psalm, we don't know the uh, detailed history. Some of the Psalms actually. So one of the things that's important to pay attention to when you're reading through the Psalms is the little notations that are at the beginning of each Psalm. And they actually explain a little bit more about what it is. And so sometimes it'll explain this was when, you know, 
David had, um, you know, committed adultery with, you know, um, Bathsheba. And so there's like, there's these moments where it explains what happens. In Psalm 19, what we get is a description that this is for the the choir leader or choir director. So Mm -hmm. we know probably more than other Psalms that this one was sung. And we also know that it was a song of David um, and the way that the language is written. And, you know, it, we can we can put it in that time frame quite easily, um, you know, and you, you, you think about. Uh, but but there isn't a particular thing that's attached to this one in particular. Um, okay. But but I, yeah. I, you know, the song like. <clears throat> The Psalms are obviously a collection of all kinds of, um, you know, Mm. written uh, poems and songs that were collected together over many, many years. And and they're the way that they're arranged is really important, too. And so earlier when I said take a wide angle view, what I mean is don't just read Psalm 19, one to six and then close your book and then walk away and think that God can be known because of the expanse of the universe. Um, Right. You know, that's not exactly what's going on. But so you need to read the whole thing, first of all. If you're going to sit down to read a psalm, read it from beginning to end and consider Mm. the way that things mirror and, you know, all that kind of stuff is really important. But then also look at the psalms before and after. Um, Why was it placed exactly here? Um, You'll notice that the psalms are divided into books. There are actually five different books. And um, some people say that these books are are sort of related to the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And you can actually see themes that are reflected. Um, You know, other Mm -hmm. people have have kind of put different um, sort of categories around these in order to understand them. But what we do know is that there is purpose to this larger sort of collection. And so that's why I think taking the wide angle angle view is very helpful. Um, You know, what's before and after, which book is it in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Who wrote it? Is there a time period? All that stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good. And yeah, understanding, I mean, especially uh, knowing that David wrote a lot of these Psalms. Maybe you want to go back and review some of the story of David. Um, Yeah review some of what was going on and understand what, you know, it's, it is, it is challenging, right? You, you read the stories and I'm in my Bible reading, I'm just finishing up second Samuel. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it feels on, on one hand, like a really different context, different world. And yet, you know, uh, there's some similarities there. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of really rich stuff for us in store in the Psalms here. Uh, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm still really excited about this series and yeah, I'm looking forward what, to what to as you mentioned earlier, touching on some of the emotions that we're going to talk about, things that sometimes yeah. we don't talk about in church, which which really brings us back to this idea of, you know, open and unafraid and mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, we're just going to lay out how we're feeling before God and um and there's beauty in that. So that that's really um, you know, an exciting part of this. Well, and I so I think um yeah, I think the Psalms and, and like I'll say the Psalms as well as like our songs and singing together in church and gathering in church and, and worshiping together. Um, they help us express things in a healthy and safe space. Um, so I, I, it's funny. I view these almost like I view sports, which is hilarious. You've got the music guy talking to the sports guy about sports. Hmm. Um, but, but you know, in the way that I think, I actually think sports have a, uh, a really significant place in our lives as creatures of God uh, and as people to honor God in that they, they help us to express things like, competitiveness and the desire to succeed in, in kind of safe spaces that, um, yeah, like you can, you can play sports and you can almost get some aggression out. You can do some of that stuff in a way that's not harmful. 
And it's, there are enough kind of boundaries there. And I think the Psalms kind of serve in the same way, right? In the same way that if you were, uh, so if you're a football player, obviously tackling people is part of the game, right? It's a, it's a good thing. You don't want to hurt them, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's that that's part of what you do. Yeah. If you were to tackle people on the sidewalk, yeah, probably not a great idea, right? Right, uh, right? And I think it's the same way. Some of the things the Psalms say, it's not that we're invited to say these things all the time to everyone, mm-hmm. um, but it's that church is a safe place where we can explore some of these yeah. themes. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. Any closing thoughts for us, Paul? Any Anything you want us to look forward to? Well, I mean, I mean know, you know, before? of course I would, I would say, as I said this morning, um, I think we all... Uh, you know, I would it really just ask you during this time, invite you to to come along and actually read the Psalms uh, along with us. And whether you take the Psalm from Sunday and read it every day for the next week, or you read through a collection of Psalms, or you start at, ver- at you know the first one and go from there, or whatever it is, just read through them and begin to allow the the you know the the structure and the way they're put together to start to speak to you in different ways. Um, but the big, the big thing that I want to us to remember specifically from this Psalm in particular is this idea of communication and how important it is. And, you know, I, I reminded us today that, you know, God is not silent and the Psalms, this Psalm in particular reminds us that the world speaks, his word speaks, our character speaks to us. And so, you know, for those of us who are in a place where you're just kind of hearing static and not really feeling like you're connected to God, um, I would just Mm. encourage you to take the steps uh, and walk through this psalm the way that David did. You know, look around, allow it to orient you, look, you know, into the word, allow it to fill in the details and then look to yourself to see as you experience it, what changes it makes in your life. And, um, and I think we're going to be able to do that same thing as we look at each of the Psalms, um, as we come, as we look forward. Yeah. Oh man. I'm, I'm so pumped, but we are going to have to call it there for today. Uh, thank you for listening along to Postscript and we will be back next week talking about the Psalms with more Postscript.